Hello, everyone, and welcome to the conversation. I am Nina Turner, and I am so excited to have the one and only, I refer to him as the intergalactical philosopher, activist, and intellectual like none other, my dear friend and mentor, the one and only Dr. Cornell West. Dr. West, how are you doing today? It's always a blessing to set eyes on you, you know that indeed, indeed. And I just want to salute you for your work, your vision, your sacrifice, what you've done in Cleveland, Akron, all around the country and the world. And to be in conversation with you is a magnificent thing. And of course, Anna, he does says hello to you too, indeed, indeed, indeed. Give Anna heat up. The professor, the other professor, give her a big hug for me. It was so wonderful to have you both in Cleveland. I just want to thank you not only for your support of me, but your support of the of the justice movement of the 21st century, the Freedom Fighters movement, all that you do for us both in this country and abroad. You truly are internationally renowned for your work, Doc, and we, we love you. Thank you, love you, love you right back, love you right back. So in our time together, Doc, let's talk about what is happening to Haitian immigrants and to use what is happening to them to talk about some larger conundrums that we have, both as a nation and a world. You know, it's very disturbing to see some of the images, which we are going to play and have a discussion about, but we know right now. There are about 14,000 Haitian immigrants, give or take. There are a few other folks from other ethnic groups kind of mixed in there. But for the most part, in Del Rio, in Texas, and they have come to this country seeking refuge. We all know that there was a recent hurricane that Haiti has been hit. Tremendous, I mean, it just feels like Haiti cannot get a break from a national natural disasters, I should say, to uh, political disasters, their president was just assassinated. It has been really so hard for our Haitian sisters and brothers and family and friends. And now they find themselves in Texas, again, trying to seek refuge in this country. And what is happening to them in my mind is uh, is unacceptable. No, it's true. But you know, I think we need to begin with certain lens in looking at our precious Haitian brothers and sisters. Uh, the Haitians are a great people. Yes. Uh, 1791 to 1804 was the first time in the history of not just the modern world, but going back 1500 years to the Spartacus unsuccessful attempt to overthrow elites in the Roman Republic. That's 1500 years ago. That revolution sent major waves, repercussions around not just the new world, but around the world. And we have yet to fully come to terms with the effects and consequences of that revolution in which enslaved brothers and sisters, new world Africans engaged in self-respect, engaged in self-determination and overthrew the French colonial regime. Large French empire, Napoleon himself. That's and right. The impact on the United States immediately in 1811, a lot of people don't know, that's the largest slave rebellion in the history of the United States. Toussaint Louverture led no, that. No, 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 Toussaint was in Haiti. But in yeah, 1811, in Haiti. 
Yeah. Right. You had the German Coast Rebellion. You had over 600 enslaved folks around New Orleans who tried to take over as a result of the influence of Toussaint Lowell, which you're right, the, the yeah. great leader of the Haitian Revolution. And then the reverberations of the Nat Turners and the Marvizis and others were the slave rebellions inspired by the revolution, the Haitian Revolution. This brother right here just lays it out. John right. Brown. This yeah. is C.L.R. James, Black Jacobins. Yes. 38 laid out the history of the Haitian engagement with the modern world in a revolutionary form. Now, why is that important? Well, it's important because the Haitians then become a special targets of imperial powers. They want to come up with any kind of image or set of images that would view the greatness of Haitians in the debased way. So you got a variety of military occupation of Haiti by the United States. Haiti itself is forced to pay reparations to France. Now we talk in the United States about reparations for black folk. Haiti's paying reparations to France. Backwards, totally backwards. Exactly, to the slaveholders, to the imperial elite themselves, you see. And there's not a major voice that's raised among the governments of Europe and the United States. Right? So that by the time we get to the 20th century, Haiti has been so thoroughly disrespected and debased by imperial powers around the world that if folk can catch the great Haitian people as an image of debasement rather than an image of spiritual greatness and moral courage, which was manifest in that revolution, then it has tremendous impact on other people, especially black people around the world. So that in that sense, Haitians are us. Haitians are New World, Africans are black people like us. Because if they can debase and disrespect Haitians, they'll do exactly the same thing to black folk in Chicago, New York, Detroit, Alabama, Mississippi, and what have you. And this is why I think we have to always note what Brother Martin and Fannie Lou Hame and Ella Baker said, that our destinies are intertwined in terms of image, in terms of vision, in terms of praxis, be it in Black folk in Haiti, a bit black folk in the United States. That's right, Doc. And this really is about the black diaspora that you know we don't talk about often in our conversation as you reflect on the interconnectedness and, right. and how some of our greatest leaders of the 20th century talked about that. It is important to understand the black diaspora and the impact that it has on all black people throughout that diaspora in which we're talking about all of the connected. Cuz really this is about just what port your ancestors were dropped off at. I mean, this is what That's this comes down to. That's precisely right. And the way in which white supremacy cuts across national boundaries, cuts across hemispheric boundaries, is a global system, but is rooted in predatory capitalism, is rooted in imperial expansion. And it has patriarchal roles for women, and it has the homophobic roles for persons, gays, and lesbians. But we have to understand this class and race and culture intertwined, but driven by money, profit. It was a sugarcane industry that sat at the center of the 
not just Haitian, but the Caribbean colonial subordination. It was money making, it was profit taking, and then the courageous resistance. We have we got organizing pressure and power. Yes, and just to rest right there for a minute, the appetite, the European, since we, you know, walking down history lane right now, the, the European appetite for sugar. Sugar was known as white gold. I just want to remind folks there, and that shipping of sugar back to Europe because the thirst for it was so great, and sugar cane. Very dangerous, you know, with the machetes, people lost limbs. I mean, very arduous work. And I remember in the cycling of it, I used to teach my students about, you know, how the seasoning process worked and also what happened to black people, you know, the descendants of Africans who were brought to the Caribbean islands. It was work them hard, kill them off. Work them hard, kill them off. We're just gonna import some more. Work them hard, kill them off. And all of that was driven by a capitalistic thirst, no and doubt about it. There's greed, greed, greed. Certainly there's white supremacist attitudes and perceptions of precious black folk, no doubt about that. But it's driven by greed, a predatory capitalist global system that's looking for profit, profit to squeeze all of the profits they could based on the cheap labor and 50% of our precious African brothers and sisters died within the first year, many of malaria. Yes, many malaria. Absolutely, absolutely. And the single cell trade, I mean, we could, oh, that we could go real deep, you know, about this and how the sickle cell trade was something that helped our ancestors, some of our ancestors endure and, yeah. and to deal with, this cope with malaria. That's exactly right. Yeah. Exactly right. So a lot of people don't see the relation between these present day images yes. of trying to present a dignified black people, a great Haitian people, as debased, as beggars, as asking. And you're saying, no, no, they have been pushed, they have been lied on, and they have been mistreated. So that the images that are presented to the world are ones in which folk are pushed to the edge with very little resources, impoverished, no doubt. And yet, when you look in their eyes, you can still see the Haitian greatness. They still fight. Oh yeah, they're against tornadoes, be it their own indigenous military elites, because you had corrupt leadership that's indigenous in Haiti as well. Those neo-colonial leaders who accommodate themselves to imperial powers. But then you've also got the, the greatness of the Haitian people in terms of their resistance, their resilience, and, and, and their willingness to organize and bring power and pressure to bear. Uh, Dr. West, I'm glad you brought that up. Well, you know what, let's go. I want the producers to put up the images of what is happening in Del Rio right now. A lot of the Haitian community, they're pushing here because they have great needs. You, Some of the, the, the comments from people saying they will die over there, they really have nothing left. And to make the trek here to try to seek refuge in the United States of America and how they are being treated. When I saw these men on horseback, it just really did something to me, it was very triggering. From a historic yeah. perspective, the cultural memory of what particularly white men on horses 
and all that that means to not only what is happening to our Haitian sisters and brothers and family and friends, but what has happened generations past with being on horses and taking that kind of authoritarian tone towards human beings who are just simply trying to live. Absolutely. Oh, you're so right. You're so right. All of the precious memories we have of our relatives, of our descendants being hunted down and treated less than human, keeping them on the run, yeah. mistreating and even some of the language used by these white brothers on these horses to our precious black brothers and sisters need to be radically called into question in the internal dynamics of the Homeland Security Department. That's right, how they operate. This is systemic. And you know, whether it's a Republican administration or Democratic administration, the system itself is designed to do just what it's doing. Uh, Astra, can we play now the the, the sound? Uh, I, want, I want people who are joining this conversation with the one and only philosopher, historian, uh, spiritual leader, uh, intergalactical intellectual, <laughs> Dr. Cornell West himself. Let's, uh, let's join us and, and watch this clip. This is how one US Border Patrol officer received Haitian migrants crossing the Rio Grande, coming back with food to a camp they've set up in Texas. Hey, you use your women? Is this why your country Because you use your women for this. You go, no, that way. No, 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 no. We've got our families inside, dying of hunger. We've had to go out to buy food. You can see the tense scenes here. The Border Patrol are trying to stop people getting back into the camp after they went across to Mexico to get food, they say, because there isn't enough food for them actually there in the camp. That, I mean, it's one thing to do your job. It's another thing to recognize another person's humanity, given the crisis that Haitians are facing. And they know exactly why they are here. But the language that they use, and I'm telling you something, seeing that it was very reminiscent to me of the slave drivers. And then also some of the things, I mean, even we don't even have to go as far back as slavery, but let's let's go there for a minute. But it also reminded me of some of the, the treatment that our foremothers and forefathers had to endure during the civil rights movement too. Absolutely, and during the period of US neo-slavery, which is yeah. what Jim Crow was, which is what Jane Crow was. And black the system yeah. of US terrorism, not just the lynching, and lynching was the peak of the iceberg. But to terrorize and traumatize black people every day, and you could do it on a horse, you can do it with in, in a police uniform, you can do it in a church. You can do it. You can do it on the street. Just keep black people scared, intimidated, and afraid, and internalize a certain kind of impotence. Try to get black people to internalize helplessness and hopelessness, and yet here come best of black folk, wrong as ever, looking the folk in the face, even on a horse. You ain't got the power to define my humanity. 
I'm with my loved ones. We got to do what we got to do. We will be treated humanely. And we understand that we're caught in the whirlwind here in terms of the ways in which immigration functions. And we know, of course, that uh, you know so many uh, immigrants who are uh, vanilla, they have very different kind of treatment. And oh, if yeah. immigrants are treated that way, it's just as wrong. It's just as unjust. But given the legacy of white supremacy in the history of U.S. immigration, there's always a differential treatment that we must point out. That's right. There is definitely a double standard. And while we're on that, Doc, let me just go ahead and visit some of the stats. According to a report from the Black Alliance for Just Immigration, while black immigrants make up less than 5.4% of the undocumented population in the United States, they make up 10.6% of all deportation proceedings from 2003 to 2015, almost double their share of the undocumented population. And further by 2015, more than one out of every five facing deportation due to criminal conviction was black, despite Follow this, despite making up just 7.2% of the total non-citizen population documented or not. Black immigrants face disproportionate rates of incarceration and abuse by immigration enforcement. So what we see happening to our Haitian sisters and brothers and family friends very much mirrors what happens to black people in the United States of America, disproportionately abused by this system, disproportionately incarcerated by this system. And so it should not come to any surprise about what we're seeing on the border right now. I'm very disappointed. Absolutely, and the Biden administration's got to take responsibility. Of not the Biden administration, right. no, you know, they can't even fight to end the filibuster in order to protect black people's voting rights. That's right. People who put him in office, especially the black sisters who voted for him, they put him in office. He wouldn't be there without the black vote. And yet when it comes to the right of black people to vote, or at least the disproportionate number of black folk who will, whose votes will be suppressed. And the only way you can protect those rights is eliminate the filibuster. We don't get a mumbling word. Not one. I mean, watered down the For the People Act that I must give the House of Representatives credit. They passed it and sent it over there to that Senate doc. And then we have the John Lewis Voting Rights Act. Those two combine very powerful forces to try to reshape voting in 21st century and push back on Republican legislatures that are that are just chipping away at those voting rights. And here we have Senator Joe Manchin who just reinvented his own, just created his own voting rights bill. But it's much more watered down, a lot less robust and protective, even in terms of dealing with the corruption that abides in fundraising and how it is legal to bribe elected officials in the United States of America. That is a, an entirely different topic. But all of these things are conflating. They all go together and paint this picture of what we are seeing, whether it's domestic or international, whether we're talking about the environment, wealth creation, income, 
All of these things are, are, are linked. There is intersectionality between what we see happening to our Haitian sisters and brothers right now and what is happening to black people and other poor people in this country in this very moment. That's exactly right. And we've got to put pressure on these milquetoast black neoliberal politicians who accommodate themselves to the Biden administration on these kind of issues. Biden administration does something right. We agree. That's when right. They're doing something wrong. We hit them hard, and that's true for their black supporters in high places in the administration as well. That's exactly right, Doc. This is untenable. You know, but by the grace of God, go any of us. And so we are urging people really speak up and speak out about what is happening to Haitian immigrants. We need comprehensive immigration reform in the United States of America. That is so vitally important. We need to put ourselves in the shoes of the people who are suffering right now, both at home and abroad. And as the amazing Ella Baker once said, we who believe in freedom. Can mm. not rest. Doc, how can people find you if they're looking for you? I just want to thank you so much. See we might have to have a Harlem. See me on the streets of Harlem. I'm on the streets all the time, learning from the people, trying to bear witness, and always knowing Nina Turner is on the case. Well, Doc, we're on the case together. They certainly can find you on the streets of Harlem. What a treat it would be to bump into the one and only Dr. Cornell West. And then you can also find you on social media as well. Follow Dr. Cornell West. Doc, thank you so much for joining us on the conversation. This was very robust. Thank you for walking us down memory lane. We got a lot of history in this conversation. And I really appreciate it. And I look forward to the opportunity for us to have another conversation. Well, it's always such a blessing, always such an inspiration. Just be in your presence. You know, it's uh, when you think of where we come from, my dear sister. We are hated people, but we just keep dishing out love warriors. Yes, we do. Yes, we do. Thank you, Doc.